This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome back to Unwinding. How are we doing? How are we feeling? I'm feeling so much better. Thank you so much for asking. I think I'm out of my funk. Like 80%, okay? Which is amazing news, right? Fabulous news. But today's not about me. Today is about Carrie Barber. This is Carrie's second time on the podcast. The first time she came on was two years ago. So I'm going to leave that episode linked in the description because we talk a little bit more about her background and how she got to where she is now and her whole trajectory and it's a beautiful episode I loved it so much and I was so excited to record with her again I had no idea truly no idea what we were going to get into and it ended up being such I feel like it was just like a happy hour conversation one of those conversations where you're just like sitting at happy hour with your best friend you're talking shit you're talking about your dating life you're talking about all the good stuff And that's exactly how I felt truly when I was like, okay, well, before we wrap up, she was like, wrap up. What? Like it flew. Um, She's such a gem. Like she's just such a beautiful person physically and just as a human. Like she's just, you can feel her authenticity. Like you can feel how kind she is. You can just kind of feel it. Like I don't even know how to explain it. Um, We've never met in real life, actually, only through like, Instagram and podcasting, etc. But I just, I know she's probably even more sweet and even more amazing in real life. But if you don't know who Carrie is, she is the founder and creative director of Make Beauty, which is an incredible skincare makeup beauty brand. They are fucking killing it. If you guys follow me on Instagram, which I mean, I'm assuming you do if you listen to the podcast, I'm assuming. And if you don't, then hello, would love to have you there. But if you follow me, then you see me post about them all the fucking time because I just can't get enough. The products are incredible and yeah, one of my favorite brands, like no questions asked. So anyway, I know I promised you a little juicy solo update, but I don't want to take up more time. I don't want to take up Carrie's time, okay? Because this is her moment. This is her episode. And we actually, we talked a lot. So this is a long one. This is like, I think it's over an hour, but you're going to love it. Okay. It's, oh, it's for my girls. This one is for my girls. This, this one is all about dating and being content alone, even while you want a relationship and dating in LA and dating apps and self-worth and entering our 30s and feeling comfortable and happy about that and just like success and timelines like I just am obsessed with this conversation and I feel like it's gonna hit I feel like it's gonna resonate I mean I hope it does so hit me up let me know let a bitch know what you think we actually recorded this yesterday so today's Wednesday I'm I'm not gonna forget to set the mood today's Wednesday February 8th 6.02 p.m. and we recorded this yesterday I was thinking of doing like a V-Day self-love episode this week, but honestly, I just fell in love with our conversation that I was like, I'm going to get this shit up now. 
I'm going to get this shit up this week. So I've been editing it today and it's coming up. Well, you're listening to it now, so it's up. It's live. And um, yeah, maybe next week we'll do, I'll do a little update and then we'll do a little self-love moment just because it is the month of love. You know what I'm saying? Also, speaking of which, okay, I always forget to announce like M stuff, M club stuff. I call it M. And then sometimes people think I'm talking about M like Emily, but um, yeah, no, I'm talking about M club. We have a special V-Day drop, actually. So on Tuesday, Valentine's Day, we have a new necklace coming. It's so fucking cute. You guys are going to love it. She's beautiful. I've been holding on to her for so long, trying to think of like the perfect moment to drop her. And the moment is here. And when you see it, you're going to be like, you know what? That shit makes sense. That makes sense. Um, So yeah, definitely check it out on Tuesday. And we're also going to be doing a little sale on the website on Tuesday, just because why not? The necklace will not be included in the sale, but the website will be on sale. So that is all my housekeeping, okay? I was such a drunk kebab this weekend, made some questionable choices, but you know what? That's neither here nor there. Let's get into this episode. I love Carrie so much. What a gem of a fucking human. You guys are gonna love this episode, and let me know what you think. Let me know what hit. Take what you need, leave the rest, and I'll see you next week. I'm so excited. You're like my favorite. I was listening to our first episode this morning because I was like, Mm -hmm. I just want to see what we talked about. I don't even remember. Like, obviously, I remember our conversation, but... What did we talk about? We did like your whole trajectory of getting to make, and then we talked about our dads, and then we talked about... Just like everything, I feel. It was so good. I loved it so much. That's why I like your podcast so much and just like your Instagram in general because it's beauty and it's like life and I find your dating stuff really funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, yeah. We can get get into that. (laughs) Yeah, there are so many like screenshots that I take of profiles that I want to post, but I feel like... I could do it on my, like... Oh, of hi- like, um, you mean hinge, yeah. you mean? Like, I could do it on my um, close friends, but I don't really do that because I'm kind of like, well, if it's close friends, then maybe I shouldn't be posting on Instagram, but I don't know. I... Okay, wait, are you dating right now? Are you on hinge? So I actually just deleted hinge because... Okay. I had been on it for maybe over a year, and I just... I was kind of like... I want to meet a normal person who's not in my industry or not in entertainment or, you know, like not on Raya. And it just never went anywhere. Like, I just, first of all, I felt super overwhelmed by like how many just people are on there. The reason I liked it was because you can set your height, which for me, I'm like 6'2 and above. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then like, and then we would just like, connect and chat or whatever pen pal yeah and I had this really um I thought it was funny this prompt that was like season two of true detective is better than season one and I'm telling you men cannot handle it so maybe most of them wait why not I, I just think they're I think in general everyone is like season one is everything and I'm like I'm not saying it's bad I'm just saying of course it's good it's like those two actors it's a fairly familiar story you know like you know pedophile ring in um in a church like okay and I just was 
my argument is that season two, like all the actors, I felt like really just performed so well. They were so great. And the story was so interesting and super layered and like doesn't have a happy ending. And, it, you know, I think everyone reads that and they're like, thinking I'm saying season one is bad but that's not what I'm saying I'm just like I can't believe this is what's getting them like getting their panties in a twist like well and I feel like most some guys like just wanted to chat me to like prove me wrong you know like of course they did but then you know it just wouldn't go anywhere and eventually I put on like you shouldn't date me if you consider coffee a first date that's a no if you Mm want to have a pen pal or I forgot what the other one is but um, oh, it was if you ask to DM instead of ask for my number. My phone number, yeah. Oh my gosh, I was just talking to a friend. So one of my guy best friends was staying with me this weekend. And I love when we're together because we just like, I feel like I just have the inside of a man's brain and I just, you know, I just can, and he's like, he's a good looking guy. He, you know, has... He's got it going. Like, he's got it going, and he's a good guy. He's a good person, has good values. But, like, he, he's in the streets. He likes to fuck around, which, like, I'm not going to judge him. Um, and we were just talking about this, and I was like, bro, I don't – I like when a man asks me for my number. I don't want to give him my Instagram, especially me, where it's like I feel like you go to my – not that it's big, but you can go into my Instagram and see what the fuck I'm doing all day. I don't need right. you seeing my – my all day. I'm not sitting at your office watching you do whatever it is you do all day. So, and I feel like it's just, I don't know, like, I don't want to make a plan in my DMs. Like, I don't want to, you can ask me out, you can text me and we can take it from there. But I don't, I feel some kind of way about dating apps. I feel like I'm of two minds, right? So my hinge is paused right now. It has been paused for a little bit just because I kind of got sick of it. And I just get sick of the like having to answer, I can barely answer the people in my life that I love, like let alone these fucking fools on on Hinge, like having to be like, how was your day, Brian? When like I genuinely could give two fucks how your day was, you know? (laughs) So I kind of paused it in December. I was like, I'm going to be traveling. It's the holidays. I'm just going to chill for a sec. And I'm not really in the mood to open it back up. I am talking to a few men that I'm interested in. One of them I did meet on Hinge, and I have met cool guys on Hinge, so I definitely think there's like a potential there to meet people, and I think it's a great tool, but I also feel like, I feel like I'm shopping for dick when I'm on Hinge. Like, I just feel like I'm just like going through a catalog, and I don't like that feeling because you know what? Nine times out of 10, a lot of these guys that I'm Xing. I know that in the right lighting, if they came up to me somewhere and they were cute and charming and whatever, we'd probably vibe. But because they wrote some whack shit on their profile or because I don't like one of their pictures, I'm like, "Mm, no. Yeah. I don't like it. It turns me into somebody else. I don't like it. Yeah. I feel also two ways because I'm kind of like, how else am I going to meet people? Like, I'm... I don't go out to bars. I barely go out to dinner with friends. And I'm, yeah. you know, not like walking around meeting people. So I'm kind of like, okay, you know, I'll give it a shot. And then I'm just kind of like, ugh, it just feels so. Like, I guess the point of it is shallow inherently. 
Yeah. But I think sometimes, like, with Hinge, they're like, oh, it's meant to be deleted. And I'm like, okay, but that's not the initial purpose of a dating app. Like, it, it's, I don't know, some people have found great connections, gotten married, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm just like, it's just so much work. And I just, like, in da- with dating in general, I'm just kind of like, okay, how is this supposed to it's be? Work. Like, yeah. I don't want to do the how was your day, this blah blah shit. I, like, I also don't care. I'm not <laughs> here to ask you about your day. And I don't know. I just, I also went through a phase where I was like really not for men because I was doing a lot of dating. And I was just like, you guys, if you don't Suck. evolve emotionally, yeah. you're going to die out because women like don't need you to have children anymore. We provide for ourselves. And like, there's a certain age group, I think, where, like, I think younger men growing up, and this is generalizing, of course, but I think younger men growing up, like, it's kind of like men and women are equal, men have emotions, men can be sensitive, they have feelings. There's just, and the roles, they've grown up with the roles of like women working and making money. And I think older men too have, less of a hard time with that but there's this age group I think it's like 30 to 45 ish where I'm just like you guys didn't go to therapy you like expect like you expect to be my priority which you're not and a lot of guys were getting upset that I was like too busy or like not making plans with them all the time and I'm like I literally have more important things than you and I enjoy your time but I and then one guy was even like, I feel like the chick. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I have a question. I have a question because I love what you're saying. So do you think any of these guys that you're telling me that were saying these things to you, like you're too busy or getting upset that you didn't, that they didn't feel prioritized, were any of them men that you were like, I really fucking like this guy? Mm, no. Okay. Because if no. maybe one of them would have been, you would probably have like done a little bit more right totally so that's 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 where we're that's like the issue in and of itself right yeah well too I kind of ran into this with my last relationship which was over a year ago at this point where there was some jealousy and I think like maybe feelings of insecurity on his part where he was just like you're more successful than I am and you know every time I would talk about work it would somehow get back to like his work and it, it would be about him in some way. And I'm, or he would like get jealous about me like spending time with Ben Bennett, my business partner. And I'm like, literally, I met him before you. I spend every single day with him. He's my business partner. Like, he's also gay. So, what? Like, what? <laughs> well, I think you're, I think it goes without saying that like you're a fabulous person living a, an incredible life. You do really well for yourself. You're very successful which and in turn you expect the same right like obviously you are going to be with someone who's secure in themselves enough to where they're like look at my girl she's fucking killing it in in her own right and he's doing whatever his own thing is right but i feel like it takes a certain kind of person where you know i've been in therapy enough to know that to know what i need what i don't need what i like what i don't like and to also know that if somebody else is quote unquote you know, doing more, doing better, doing this, doing that, like 
that has nothing to do with me. I'm so happy for them. I can let them, you know, when the line, when, when the light is shining on them, I'm so happy about that. And then if it's my turn to talk about something, then it's my turn. Right. But I, I think that you need a certain level of security within yourself. It's not even really about what you're doing. It's just feeling confident in yourself. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. I also like don't want to talk shit about the relationship, even though it had a lot of issues. It was definitely something that was like, a healing relationship for me in so many ways and I knew that from the beginning which is why I like stayed through some really fucked up shit but like then I had to recalibrate too because I've always been a relationship person like I was engaged you know before COVID we broke it off during COVID I've been like a four-year relationship person back to back since I was in high school and so it's confusing for me when the communication isn't clear either and like you don't know your expectations or maybe even what you're like available for until you actually start dating and i would always get so confused too because i'm like you know like we would hook up or something and then i wouldn't hear from them and they would tell me that i was coming on too strong and it felt too fast and i'm like you were the one bothering me literally to meet up and now like okay you got what you came for and i'm being too much like it just was really confusing and then I it also just wasn't making me feel good because I'm now like you're talking about your last relationship I'm kind of talking like at the end of my last relationship and then this whole past year so I you know was like trying to get out there and date and just like kind of playing like a numbers game but like this whole last year was about I think actually being single and being alone and not dating as much as I thought I would and not jumping into a relationship like I used to and finding like so much joy being alone and actually like really valuing my alone time. And of course I got super busy also. So it's, it was like that time was even more valuable. And now, and then I was like angry cause I was just like, how dare you men, <laughs> you know, how dare you? I mean, they have, they, they have one thing and it's audacity. So yeah, it's true. And, you know, and I still, like, I love men. I've always had really good male friends. My my friends' husbands are wonderful, you know. And I just sort of, like, took a big break. I just realized yesterday, actually, that I went on, on two dates last week, and then I realized I hadn't been on a date since August of last year, which I didn't even realize. And, you know, like, before dating and all of this, I would have been, like, oh my god I'm unlovable nobody loves me like what's wrong with me and what's hard and yeah, now it, I'm like oh you better come up with something good for me to leave the house because <laughs> but I feel like that's the most powerful position to be in once you once you are alone for a little bit and that time is going to be so different for everybody once you realize like there's nothing missing, right? Like, of course, like I always say this and I feel like I have to qualify it because I would love a healthy, beautiful relationship. I would love to have kids. Like I would love the whole thing, right? But I also know like, like I'm full alone as well. If when, if and when somebody comes in, into my life, I'm like, that's just gonna be even, it's gonna make everything even more beautiful. But I think, and that's not to say that I don't have moments and weeks and seasons where I'm like, fuck, I'm lonely. I would love to have, you know, share this with somebody. I would love to lean on somebody right now. Of course I have those moments, right? 
but I think I also, well, I intentionally didn't date for a long time because I was just a mess and I was like, I need to fix some things before I can even bring somebody into this equation. And now I feel like I'm in navigating this weird thing where I'm like, okay, I'm still working on things, but I also am finally open and I also would love to have a nice relationship, but I'm still working through some things, which sometimes then makes me be like, wait, should I not? Should I not date? Because I feel like I still have things to work through. And I told my therapist this the other day, I just went back to therapy and I told her, I was like, I feel sometimes that, you know, maybe I'm not ready to be dating because I'm still working on my self-worth. I'm still working on different things that like really fuck with me sometimes. And I, but I told her, I was like, but I, but so what? I pause my life and I just hide myself and, and, and heal myself, quote unquote, until I'm fully ready. Like, I don't think I'll ever, ever be fully ready. So I'm like navigating this weird territory right now where I'm like, it's basically exposure. Like I'm trying to do the thing while also accepting that I'm working through things at the same time. I feel like this is so nebulous. But what I wanted to go back to was what you said of now you feel so good and your life is so full and it would take something incredible for you to just welcome somebody new into your life, which is this exactly what I, what I feel and what I think is so important or else... I feel like that's when you're willing to, if that's not there, I feel like you're willing to negotiate what you're allowing in and out of your life. Yeah, I think it's that kind of like, it's that when you're not looking for something that it shows up. And I kind of feel like I'm at the place, I'm like you where I want uh, I want to get married, I want kids, I want like a really like deep, strong relationship. I want someone fully integrated into my life. Yeah. And at this point, like, I feel more open to it and I am putting a little more effort into it, but I could also take it or leave it. It's like, I'm not going to feel devastated if I go on a bad date. It's like, I'm not going to think twice about it. And then like I went on two dates last week and one was just not a match, like perfectly fine, but you know, just not a match. And then the next one was like so fun. And now I found myself even just kind of being like, a little eager, wondering like, is he gonna text me or should I text him or, you know, and so far there's none of that kind of like back and forth, like waiting or any of that. So I'm really happy about it, but I'm starting to notice too, like, oh, I'm like starting to think about this and I don't wanna like fall into like future trip too much or try to figure it out at all. Like I wanna really try to just let it be what it's gonna be and try to be not attached and and show up in the way that I want to. Cause you know, people will be like, don't, you know, don't do this or do that, or don't sleep with him or do, or text him or don't. And I just want to be like, if I want to text you, I'm going to text you. I'm going to be honest about how I'm feeling and what my kind of like expectation is at a certain point too. Like I can't live in a gray area when it comes to that because I just want to know like, are we on the same page? And it doesn't have to be defined, but it's it could even be like, I like you and you like me. And I'd be like, great, cool. Cool. That's it. Good to know. I've, you know. I've said this before in a few episodes where I say like, you know, I love that we talk now so openly about dating and dating rules and don't do this and do that. And this worked for me and this didn't work for me. And if a guy does this, then it means that. I'm very happy we have these conversations. I wish I would have had them when I was in my early 20s when I sometimes accepted crumbs However, I will say 
all of this information, which I don't know if as humans we were designed to consume this much information at all fucking times, especially when it comes to dating, this fucks with me because I'm like, okay, so I have to do this, but I want to do this, but he said this, but also th like, it's like, I, it's, it's, it's taking away my ability to decide what I want or what I think or what I feel because I'm like, well, if he would have done it this way, then maybe it would have been, no, like things are not so black or white. Like things are not so, this means that we can't, we can't apply these fucking rules to humans who are so complicated and complex. And like, I just feel like there's so much more to d these different stories than we're realizing. And while I love these rules and I love these tips and this advice, and I do it all the time, I'm also the first one to be like, it's a little more complicated than that sometimes. And so I feel like I'm trying to do the same thing you're doing right now where I'm like, future tripping is in my DNA. Like that shit is just, it's in me. I don't know. It's, I was born future tripping. Like, I just don't know how not to do it. Yeah. And I think also yeah. as women, especially, I think when we get excited about something or I, I'll speak for myself, actually, when I get excited about someone, I get excited because I don't like anybody. I don't, it takes so <laughs> much for me to actually like a man. I'll talk to 12 at a time, but in my head, I know I'm not going to date any of them. I already know. Yeah. yeah. So if I like somebody and I'm like, fuck, like, I really like this dude. Like I would actually like, you know, I would potentially date him. That's where I start to future trip. I start to overthink. I start to, I catch myself like downplaying certain things, not saying certain things. And I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't want to, I want to be like, I, I think I have to lean more into my authenticity because at the end of the day, it's going to come out at some point better. Exactly. Better show them now what they're going to, what they're going to work with, you know, but it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's like nuanced and more complicated is the exact way to describe it too because like a few things like people who are like don't do this or don't do that like you don't know what place they're coming from emotionally like I'm a super emotionally open person and I always have been like I'm the person who's going to fall in love with you in a second and <laughs> and then <laughs> Everybody here makes fun of me. Oh, I love like, that. Oh, do you love him? <laughs> like, well, I I no. will, but you will never know. Wait, what's your yeah. sign again? Remind me. Aries. Okay. Do you know your big three? Yeah. So I'm Aries Sun, Cancer Rising, and a Capricorn Moon, which I feel okay. more Capricorn than anything, and I like things very clear and like pretty straightforward not messy which is why dating is hard for me because i'm just like what is complicated about this like i don't understand you're talking you're talking to a double capricorn yeah. did i tell you that last time i'm a no. double capricorn scorpio moon Oops. so i'm unwell like <laughs> i'm not well well and then the like you know the aries part of me wants to move fast is also very sensitive is super like uh a very romantic and then the cancer part of me is just like i feel everything so deeply all the time and it's so confusing for me because like emotionally i'm not actually that way but uh, it's just i mean it's all messy but oh yeah 
I have a hard time with uh, vulnerability, which I know people listening to this would be like, what, bitch, you talk about everything on this podcast? But it's here's the thing, right? I'm so comfortable talking about so many subjects and so many subjects that maybe to some people would be very taboo, would be very, like a lot of people don't like to talk about grief or losing somebody or mental illnesses or eating disorders, like all this shit to me, I'll tell anybody. I literally don't care. I'll, I'll open up about it. But when it comes to what I feel, like my actual feelings, like I would rather be, I would rather mop the ocean. Like I'm just, it's, it's, you can't, you can't get it out of me. And so, but, but I think that's also an issue, right? Because it's like, so one of the guys I'm speaking to right now that I like, he is very, he leads with humor, not with like emotions. And that's fine with me because I'm a funny bitch and I can have a good time and I like to banter and whatever. Right. But like at some point I'm like, okay, I want to like, you know, I want to, so, but I know he's not going to be the first one to do it. And I feel like it's going to have to come from me, which like, oh Jesus, I I just, I don't know. I don't know. I know. I think that once I like get comfortable with someone and I feel like I trust them, I can open up and I feel pretty, I'm the same. I could talk about anything with anyone that I trust. Um, I think it's when I'm unsure of sort of, but maybe it does come when I don't trust someone and I don't feel comfortable or I like them a lot or I care about what they think about me. It's hard for me to like freely speak my mind too because I can be such an emotional person and and very like fiery and pretty spicy, especially in relationships. And it's a woman who's like too emotional, God forbid. And I'm just like, but that's not what this is. Like, you know, and then it just like lean in. But I don't know, I'd say it's nuanced. I would tell everyone to do what feels right and go a little outside of your comfort zone. Because like, why would you want to spend the energy second guessing? And like you said, they're going to figure it out anyway. You know, so it's, it's like, but it's like, at what point do you do that? <laughs> well, I don't think there's a right answer, right? I, I really don't think so. And I think... I have no idea. I don't have the answer. I'll let you know when I do. But if you had to describe like the dating culture in LA right now, like how would you describe it? I think that I know more single women than I ever have, um, which is always surprising to me too, because when I was first single, I was like, how are so many amazing women so available? Like, where are the counterparts? Where are the men or women or whoever? And... I was just kind of like, what? And then once I started dating, I think, I think I understood more about like, I don't know, almost like people, I think my friends around me are single because they really value their time and they're up to things that are important and take a lot of time or value spending time with their friends. And then I started dating and I was like, oh, I could understand because like, first of all, this is a lot of work. Second of all, it's, I think dating here is, can be so casual. Like, I don't, I don't like coffee dates because first of all, like, I don't have coffee with friends. I also have a full-time day job. And I, I'm like, I don't wanna see you get coffee and then get a stomach ache in broad daylight. Like, 
I, I'm not here for that. I want to get dressed up. I want to look sexy. I want to go to a dimly lit place and have a drink or some water, whatever. If you know, I don't need to go to dinner, but I like I could go to a dive bar and drink beer with you. But I want to look cute doing it. At I agree. <laughs> I agree. I feel the same way. So you're saying in LA, it's a lot of like, let's just go in and out, like pop in for a coffee and then keep it moving. Yeah, I think I, I feel like here it's maybe, I don't know if women approach it this way, but it's maybe for men kind of like a 50-50 where you, I don't think they want to like invest the time unless they know yet. And to me, I'm like, well, we could already tell if we were texting like, or talking on the phone, like we would already know if it was worth the time. I can tell by text if it's going to be a yes or a no. And then yeah. I think too, a lot of guys don't want to like commit to a dinner that they have to pay for this and that and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, we don't have to go to dinner. Like I said, we could go to a dive bar and I could drink like a PBR can. I, I don't expect dinner. I also don't want to spend three hours sitting at a dinner. Like I just want to go out at night and have a fun, sexy time because we're dating. We're not friends. And I also think here too, it's a little harder because, and with apps in general, like with one swipe, there's someone, there's somebody else readily available to you. And I think that's true here too. And I've found that less and less of I, as I've lived here longer, but like, I'm not a young blonde, like work on my body and my looks all day, kind of like my job is to look good, but not in that way. You know, and I'm also like about to be 35, which I don't consider old, but I'm also like not 25. And those guys who want to date 25 year olds, like they're not for me, but it's everywhere. You know, like I think Miami's a little bit of the same where you're just like, there's so many hot people all the time and that's their job is to be hot and young. <laughs> well, I was going to mention that about, you know, I think collectively the accessibility that we have to options in general, like, yes, in dating, but in general is overwhelming. And I think with dating, what happens, and I've seen it happen to myself as well, so I'm not just going to blame men, where it's like, you know, you match with somebody, he's kind of cute, you start flirting, then you're like, let's see who else is out there. Let's see who else is out there. Let's see who else is out there. And that's what happened to me in December, where I was like, you know what? The roster is looking good right now. You don't need to be greedy. You're barely going to have time to see any of these fuckers to begin with. <laughs> I also am leaving all of these guys on red and hinge be on hinge because they're all asking me how my day was. And I know they don't care. I'm going to save them from that. So I was like, hold on, right? Like just pause it, enjoy what's happening right now. And then whatever. That doesn't mean I'm closed off IRL because I love to meet people out in the wild. It's my favorite thing in the world is to meet somebody just, you know, I met this guy that lives in another city, which is my specialty, men that don't live here. Mm -hmm, um, and <laughs> my therapist is trying to take me out of that because mm -hmm. she thinks I'm doing it on purpose, which I am. But I did that too. So I, <laughs> I met this guy literally on the street. Like I was just, it was Art Basel. I was like walking from one bar to the other. We just started talking, boom, like... I love when things like that happen. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. So it's just the options, I think. It almost, it, I talk about this with my guy friends all the time because it almost like not scares me, but I'm like, I feel 
I hate that I feel nervous that if I like somebody and we're having a good time, that maybe in their mind, they're going to be like, well, you know, I don't know what else is out there. I don't know who I could meet tomorrow. Like, I hate that that's even a thought because you would think that if you find something that you're like, wow, this is, you know, he's special or she's special or non-binary king or queen, like they're special. You would think that, you know, most people would be like, I'm going to cherish this. It's she's rare whatever. But I don't know that I believe that necessarily. I think it could like kind of comes back to that concept of like what's right for you will stay around. Cause I worry about that too. And I also noticed myself doing the same thing, just being like, okay, this is a numbers game. Maybe I need a little validation. I want to make sure that like, if I want that, it's there for me when I'm, when I'm mm-hmm. ready for it. And then mm-hmm. I started doing like, you know, if, if stereotypical male behavior where I would ghost people or just not, I don't know, like not respond or I don't know. It's not like things I want to do, but I also like, I get it now because I'm busy. And if I haven't met you and I just stopped texting you, like I actually don't owe you anything. And I used to get like really upset thinking it was personal when that would happen to me. And now I'm like, you know, we didn't meet and yeah, I probably could be like, Hey, I'm too busy or I just don't think this is like the thing. But then I also just don't want to do that. Like, it makes me uncomfortable having to say no to, which I think is another reason that I wasn't dating for so long, because I was just like, oh, I'm, just, I'm having to like tell these guys who are nice and fine enough, you know, or just not my type, have to like break their hearts or whatever. And then it, that just makes me so uncomfortable because I feel so bad. Like. No, I get it. I get it. I mean, it's, it is tough. It it is tough. I've, I've tried to take the pressure off myself and just have fun. And that's what, like last year, probably I had the most fun. I've, I've been having the most fun dating. And I think it's finally when I took the pressure off and stopped looking at it as like this, you know, I stopped looking as at a date as a reflection of me. Mm -hmm. Cause that's what my brain likes to do to me is like, I will blame myself if something that I was maybe even not even interested in, I will still be like, wow, well, you know, if you would have been prettier and if you would have been skinnier and if you, this is what my brain does to me. I don't believe it, but it tries to convince me that that is true. And that's what I, when I was saying to you, like, I I know I still have work to do in the department of worth. Like I know that and I work on it actively that is what fucks with me sometimes. And so it's like this, I'm trying to navigate it and and remind myself like, you know, I can't put my worth in the hands of somebody else and I can't let somebody else or another situation dictate whether or not I feel worthy, right? But it's, and I would, if somebody were saying this to me, I would be the first one to be like, what do you do? Like, you know, I would, I would, I would say so many things but then when it comes to myself, it for some, it somehow doesn't apply, which, how does that make sense? I don't know. But it's tough. It really is. You have to give that voice a name. That's what I did when I was in my, like, early 20s. I think her name was, like, Regina or something. No, this is so funny that you're saying this because my last episode was about being in a funk. And I talked about how I told my therapist this. I was like, I'm so sick of this. Like, I'm so sick of... I feel like it's like me against myself and it's so frustrating. And she was like, well, no, it's not you. It's your inner critic. Like, that's not you. And she was like, we're going to give her a name and you've got to come up with the ugliest name ever. 
And so I, I said on the podcast, I was like, I'm not going to say what the name is because what if I say the name and then it's like your mom's name? Like, I'm not, tr- I'm not trying to offend anybody, but I did give her a really ugly name and I know it's her and it's not me, but it's still tough. Going back to the LA thing, I'm just, I guess I'm just fascinated by it. And you probably get questions like this from people that don't live there, but I feel like people talk about LA as this place where it's hard to make friends. It's hard to find genuine people. It's hard to maintain these friendships because everybody's so far, everybody's so busy, everybody's living such, you know, glamorous, crazy lives, right? What are your thoughts on that? Like, if, if, if I just said that to you, like, what comes to mind? I would say it kind of, like, depends where you are. Like, and I mean geographically. Like, I'm in West Hollywood. I'm next to Beverly Hills. You know, I'm, like, in the entertainment industry, which I think maybe that stereotype sort of fits the most. And, like, it, it did take me a long time to kind of, like, find my ground Uh, make my own friends and like I think once you live here and you find that it's like any other city it's much easier to do in another city that I found because like so many people here freelance so you're not like at you know at your job meeting friends like most of the people I work with I hang out with every day and then a lot like you know at night we go to dinner on the weekends or whatever I got lucky because I am obsessed with them and we are friends and then I found like I just found like my good group of people here which I think it's still hard to see each other like I have my best friend Ashley we live a mile maybe less from each other and I don't see her that often because like we're busy or she's busy or this or that you know like so I think it is really hard and also geographically like I live pretty central in LA thank god but if I lived on the west side I would never come over here and I never see my friends who live on the west side or it's so far like it's it's actually true it's so far it's so, and everything like, is so course, far traffic yeah. and this and that or you know it's just like once you find your like your little bubble which I have found it just makes it so much easier and it feels like any living in any other big city and I think it just takes so much longer than it has like in New York I met people on day one who I still talk to you know or I meet them in the street I'm walking around um and I think people here are friendly but they're I call this the LAI where people are just you're in a room and everyone is looking around trying to see if like they know someone or who's who I see you do you see me do I need to know you like that kind of thing which drives me crazy but I think once you get past that like it's I I also think it's just a part of living here and like the entertainment industry or even beauty like any kind of industry like that it that's just a part of it but once you get past that I find people here like super friendly and very inclusive and you know like new people that I've met you know are communicative they invite me to things like even people I've barely met they're like hey come to this thing with my friends and this and that and at a house and blah, blah. like and now I'm just like oh, I have too much to do <laughs> I can't do it do all. you think you'll you'll be in LA for like the foreseeable future definitely foreseeable future and I when I moved here I was like it's New York or nothing 
But now that I've like gotten really comfortable and I have my good group of friends, I have multiple support systems. Um, I I'm kind of like okay, I I could see like being here longer than I thought. I think once it gets to um, the place where I have a family and they have to get into school or you know, like having to buy a house is nearly impossible. There's just like a population sustainability thing here that like the population is growing in LA actually more than other cities, I think have, it has the capacity to hold a lot of people, but like even friends of mine who have toddlers, they're like getting on a wait list for preschool a year ahead. And this is not just private school. And I'm like, what? I don't want to do that. You know, like, so I don't know, I've, but I am really happy here. And last year was the first time I've ever been like, I have to get back to LA. Like, I want to get home. I had visited New York a bunch of times and I was just like, I don't have the energy for this anymore. Or, you know, the warm enough clothing or just getting anywhere, doing anything was so hard. And I was like, I have to get back to LA. I need to be home. I like need to be in my bubble with my dog and I can't go outside. <laughs> I feel like there's nothing more special than feeling like home somewhere. You know what I mean? Because I was having this conversation with one of my best friends and she was like, I don't know where I wanna like live. I don't know where I wanna settle down. And, and it's almost like she felt this pressure because she had no idea where she wanted to live, where she wanted to settle down. And she was like, I feel like everybody has their like, their little home, their little wherever, where, wherever it is that they consider home, they have that and I don't. I was like, well, okay, but that's also so exciting that you don't know where home is necessarily, right? But I think there's something so special about that where it's, I feel the same way. Like when I go home, I say home when I go home to Costa Rica, cause obviously that's my home. But then when I'm there, I'm like, oh, I'm so excited to get home, like to come back here. And then when I'm here, I'm like, I can't wait to go home cause I want to see my mom. And I mean, it's just, it's so special to feel safe somewhere. And I think that's honestly what it's about. I never ever thought I would end up in Miami. And I still sometimes think like, cause honestly, I'm not a Miami kind of bitch. Like I don't like the beach. <laughs> I don't like the beach. Oh I don't- God, You don't like the beach in Miami either? No, I don't. Well, I'm not a beach girl. I'm a city girl. I'm not yeah. a beach girl. I prefer the city a thousand percent. I hate the heat. So it doesn't really make sense, but I think also Miami has changed a lot in the last few years and it does have little, it has little city like vibes, you know, it has little city areas that really do give me that, like they fill me up in a way. But if I had more balls, I would 100% pack my shit and move to a new city, like just for a year. Like I would love to just, I don't know, move to Nashville for a year and like, or something like that. I would love to do something like that, but I'm like, I'm so... I. I feel like starting over in a way is so hard and I, as much as I would love to do something like that, I feel like I try to get my fix of a new city energy. I try to get my fix when I like go on a trip somewhere, go on a little weekend moment or whatever, because ultimately I know that this is where I'm supposed to be right now for whatever reason. But um, yeah, I don't even remember what we were talking about. Okay, wait, before we wrap up. <laughs> Oh my God, wrap up. It's, it's, we've been here for 45 minutes and I feel like we just started. Like, I feel like I just said hello to you. <laughs> oh my God, um, I, I want to talk really quickly about confidence because I get a lot of DMs about women in their entering their 30s or in their early 30s 
and they feel this pressure that the patriarchy has given to us. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. That when we're 30, we're dead. That's it. Your life is over and you are no longer relevant, right? Which is obviously not true. I just turned 30 um, a month ago. Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> I'm on the third floor. Um, and, you know, I get a lot of questions about, like, I just, I'm scared to be alone. I feel this pressure to do all these things when I really, when, when they say that to me, I'm like, okay, you feel pressure for whatever reason, but are you happy? Like, are you, are you, do you feel good in what you're doing right now? And they're like, yeah, I do. But I just feel this pressure. And I'm like, we gotta, we gotta workshop this somehow because, and I understand, I get it. But what would you say if you were talking to somebody who was entering their 30s or in their 30s and they were feeling pressure maybe they haven't found the person that they want to spend their life with or maybe they are still trying to figure out what they want to do for work they haven't found their calling or whatever it is what would you say this is a great question because i'm about to turn 35 which more than 30 is that year where it's like you're about to expire (laughs) which i i just i really it makes my it makes my blood boil you know like i that I was having this conversation with someone the other day, like um, pregnancies in your late 30s are called geriatric pregnancies. And I'm like, it's fucking ridiculous. We got to rephrase like, that because no, it's women healthily can have babies in their 40s. It like and also geriatric should never be used when we're talking pregnancy. It's ridiculous. No. So I think I think honestly, this is just something that comes with age. And when I was younger, I was convinced I was going to be like so successful by 25. And now I'm about to be 35 and I feel like I'm just getting started. I, I think that young success happens for the right people at the right time. And it definitely happens to like maybe a five to 10% of people. And it's hard when you are ambitious and you want to be successful because you want to be that story. You want to feel like you're smart enough, good enough, this and that enough at a young age to sort of get that accolade, which feels really good when you're young. But now that I'm 35, like I don't know what I would have done with success like that because I don't have the experience to enjoy it or to handle it properly like I don't even now sometimes like I'm about I think I'm about to enter a new phase of my career where you know like and also make is becoming more successful if we're doing our jobs right it will blow the fuck up I'm about to like enter a new phase of my career where I'm like gonna hire an assistant and I'm trying to like be more of a founder and a face and it scares the shit out of me because I'm gonna I'm like it what if I fuck it up at this point so it's like I just and even now like when I don't when I say I don't know if I could handle it if I could like take care of it and do like nurture it in the way that you know I need to like I am ready to do it now it took me a few months to like wrap my mind around it but I would just say like too there are so many successful people who are older and Honestly, like, I think it's better to be successful when you're older because you get to enjoy it more. Like, I get to go out and do fancy shit if I want to or, you know, or I can, like, afford to go on a really nice vacation 
or you know like I get to really have so much fun in my 30s and hopefully 40s 50s and beyond and just continue to enjoy it more and know that you know like everyone's timing is their timing and I think when you're young I did this a lot I when I was young I didn't like go out I didn't drink I didn't I was so focused on school and work and like getting ahead and I'm glad that I did that because I also tried a lot of different things I moved a lot I had a lot of jobs I like piece by piece kind of found what was for me and what wasn't and I gained experience that now like ha has me feeling confident in where I'm at and you know I again like it's such a mind fuck because you know it's like oh 35 it's a big one for women and so many of my friends have gotten their eggs frozen or have already had kids and I'm just like I know that I'm not ready for that and I also I don't feel old where I feel like I have to go and like freeze my eggs and do all of that and you know I'm saying this now and maybe I'll change my mind and I'm trying to stay open to that but I'm almost like resisting the things you're supposed to do at 35 or where I'm supposed to be like oh I wish I could buy a house but like I can't buy a house <laughs> like I don't but it's you know it's it's that supposed to be that you just yeah. said it's like who decided that exactly. like who who's who says that that's what we're supposed to be doing and that's the problem right I feel like it's it's a combination like this pressure is a combination of not only expectations, like maybe the maybe expectations that we've set for ourselves that, like you said, you thought by whatever age you, you were going to be in X, Y, and Z, right? So maybe it's an expectation that we've set ourselves thinking, oh, by 30, I'm going to be here and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And then I think it's also comparison where you say, wow, she's 30 and look at her or she's however old and she already is married with the what does that have to do with you though? You know, like, and that's something that I, I remind myself of all the time as well, where I'm like, wow, I, you know, I don't have these things or this or that, whatever. And it's like, well, at the end of the day, like you said, your timing is your timing, somebody else's life and their career and their relationship and their body and their whatever it has nothing to do with you. Nothing. I know plenty of people who are married and have children and they're not that happy and they feel like they missed out. So, you know, again, it's like, and that's not everybody, you know, and yeah. I think like you have to like just try a lot of things and more like figure out what it is that you don't want. And also I would say like when those, the shoulds and the disappointments come up, I think it's kind of asking yourself like, well, what expectation is creating this for me? Like I have, I'm upset that I'm not this, this and this but my own expectation created that. So like, can I shift my mindset? Can I do like a check-in about it? And you know, are, the, are those things that I really want and I value? Sure, okay, keep going for it. But if not, then like release that expectation and the disappointment that comes with it. Like, you know. I said this in an episode once, but I was like, I feel like one of the biggest gifts that I gave myself was taking away any fucking timeline mm -hmm. because they've done nothing for me ever truly and I think also something that gave me so much perspective was 
and I think this is when I did this without even knowing, when I lost my dad out of the blue, and the entire plan of my life that I had created went to shit, I was like, this is nuts. I can I can plan my life to a T. I had my like my college career and whatever, everything that I was gonna do, I had it mapped out to a T. And nothing went to plan. And so after that experience, I was like, having these timelines and these, you have to do this by then and by here, I have to, it's never done anything good for me. So I don't have these timelines for myself. I really don't. I have things that I want. I have things that I don't want. I have things that I'm looking forward to, but I can't decide when they're going to happen. It's not up to you. (laughs) It's not up to me as much as I would love to go like this and be like, okay, like, let's go. I can't. And so, yeah, I love this. And I hope it's, I hope it resonates with, with people because I get this question a lot. Like when I talk about turning 30 and when I, when I did an episode about it, and so many girls DM me and they're like, thank you so much. Like I needed this. I was feeling so bad about, I'm like, what are we teaching women that they're scared to turn 30? Like, why are we, why am I scared? Like, that's fucking crazy. Like I remember last year I was like, wow, the next time that I get on hinge, my profile is no longer going to say 29. It's going to say 30. And I wonder if some guys are going to look at my profile and be like, oh, no, no. And I was like, the fact that this is a thought in my head is nuts. Like, this is not okay. I was so excited to turn 30. Like, my 20s were really hard, and I didn't live, like, a 20-year-old life, you know? I, I didn't do all that. And I was like, I could not wait to be 30. And I think at first when you turn 30, you're like, oh, God, like, gut check, where am I at? Yeah. But then, like, as you get into it a little more, you're just like, this is great. I give less fucks, and I feel more confident with who I am, which, of course, is just experience. You know, it's trial and error, and um, I just, like, I have never felt better or happier. I've never been happier in my body, like, felt sexier than I do now, and I'm 35, and I have lots of gray hair and wrinkles and I am like so happy and it's because I am 35 I have like the years you know (laughs) you know what's crazy the only thing that made me nervous to turn 30 the only thing that made me nervous to turn 30 was when someone made me feel that way which I also allowed them to do but the only thing that made me nervous was when people were like oh my god you're turning 30. Oh my God. It's a big one. It's, and I was like, but why are you like, why are you stressing me out right now? I'm so excited. I love birthdays. I'm so blessed to have another fucking day period. Yeah. Why are you making me feel stressed? Stop it. Like, or when I see, when I see like videos or comments, when I see comments or DMs, I'm so scared to turn 30. And then I'm like, wait, why are they scared? Why am I not scared? Should I be scared? And then it starts to fuck with me. And I'm like, I'm not doing this. I am not doing this. We're not, we're not going to do this. So, and I feel like the only way to get rid of this is to talk about it in a different way and almost kind of, you know, I don't know. I, I said this as well. I was like, I'm, I'm excited to show you guys that my life is not going to be over in a month when I turn 30. Like we're just getting started over here. We're just warming up. It's a pregame right. right now. That's right. But it's crazy. Uh, one, one other thing I'll say too, that 
I think um, I learned with make specifically, but when you are so sure and set on a way that something is gonna go or how it's supposed to be, you miss a lot around you because you're not, you're only focused on that one thing. And at the beginning of make, like I was, I trust my business partner, I trust the team. I, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go into this trusting them and I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go with the flow. I'm gonna release the expectations of what I think it should be because I'm new at this in this way. And, you know, I, I think I was actually just looking at like some of my original mood boards before we even did anything, like started formulating or anything. And I'm like, this is so funny because like this, while some of it still is relevant, it's like make is at a place that I could not have imagined on my own. So, you know, because I was open to, you know, what, you know, customer feedback or my team feedback or just trying things and being like, let's see if this works or not. It's like almost created something better than I could have imagined. And I think that that can apply to other things. Like if you are open and you let go of the expectation or how it should look like new things can come in and a lot of the times when i've done this it looks better than i could have imagined like the setup i have with work now is nothing i would have ever even in my mind imagined and it's because i said yes to it you know and i think sometimes that can feel really risky like it was pretty easy for me just because i adore ben and i was like, how could I say no to this? <laughs> like, literally how? And now I think about it, I'm like, I just can't believe, like, in every area, this is not anything my mind could have ever imagined for myself. And like, how limiting, you know? Like, imagine if I had listened to that and stayed in that lane, like, it, it, it would be in that lane and that's it. It wouldn't be the full, you know, highway. So I love this so much. I'm going to, this is going to be like a sound bite because it really can be applicable to everything. And I also feel like for all my anxious Queens out there, my fellow anxious Queens, you know how we usually jump to the worst case scenario when thinking about something, it's like, Oh, but what if this goes wrong and this happens? And what if da, 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 what I, and you can apply that to anything. I'm trying this thing where I'm doing, if I'm going to do that, I'm also going to go to the best case scenario, but then what you're saying is what if it's even better than I imagined? What if I, what if I can't even imagine the best case scenario? Because I don't even know what that, cause I can't even, it, it's out of my imagination. I it's, it's more than what I could even think of, which is so fucking cool. Yeah. And you know, funny that you uh, bring up anxiety because I used to be so like debilitatingly anxious and I don't feel anxious that much anymore. I do on a totally normal anxiety level. I identify some of my anxiety as shyness, which I think is more social anxiety. Um, and I have stress, of course. And then when I get my period, I am an anxious mess. But like just allowing things to come to you and to be open to things around you or what shows up and trying to like control less of the outcome has like eased so much of my anxiety 
and like thank God too because it's exhausting to be anxious. It's it's a full time job. It's a full time job. Yeah, I've, I've realized. I said this in my New Year episode that I've realized, especially with my anxiety, which is debilitating, that being present is my superpower because. Anxiety, when you're anxious, you're trying to control the future. You're trying to live in the future, which is impossible, unfortunately. So the only moment when I don't, the moments when I don't feel anxious or when I feel the least anxiety, those moments are when I'm being present because I'm not worried about what's going to happen in five minutes. I'm worried about, I'm enjoying the moment that I'm currently in, period. Easier said than done sometimes. I know our time is up, but we didn't even like talk about me. Which like is you you said like make is about to blow the fuck up. I okay, you know what's crazy is in the intro of our last episode, which was two years ago, which I will leave in the description because we talk about like Carrie's like insane work background and just like it's just really cool to like listen to like your trajectory basically. So I'm gonna leave that in the um description. But in the beginning of the intro, I was like, I, you know, we had such a good conversation and like make is fucking insane and make is about to blow the fuck up. Like word for word is what I said in the intro of the last one. And now I would pretty much say it's blown the fuck up. Like I don't know what you mean. And it's only yeah. gonna keep go- like it's I've, it's insane. Isn't that funny like how long ago that was? Like I think we had I remember five the first products maybe I remember the first PR package mm-hmm. that I got from Make. Yeah. And I think you guys, I think it was, I want to say it was the fluid. Was it the wash? Was it the oil? Yeah, it was the two washes, the essence, and then the gel cream. The fact that my full face and is Make Beauty right now, though. like makeup, <laughs> like isn't that crazy? Like you should be so fucking proud of yourself. You guys are killing it. I, I can't even imagine like where it's going to be in the next year when we pod- we should do this annually. Yes, I agree. <laughs> um, but I mean, be- because I just want to quickly like, mention something about make and just how crazy the growth has been. What has been one of the biggest lessons from 2022 with, I think, with make? I think two things. First of all, I have learned so much as a creative person on how to sell product online (laughs) because when we launched complexion like to me it's so easy to choose my concealer shade because a i'm white and like it's either one or two but i also am so familiar with beauty that i'm like (laughs) oh i know what's close enough you know yeah and yeah 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 and now you know i learned so much about complexion also when we were launching it but now it's like even i'm just about to plan a shoot for the next product that will launch in April and I just even the way I'm thinking about it like how I need to create assets or photography or video in order to sell a product and not just have it look pretty which was my job before and now my job is to sell product um that is something that like honestly I'm really happy about and impressed by because I think it can be hard for creative people to let go of that you know like I was such an I was such a total image person as an art director and now I'm like it's about this thing and this is the focus this is that this is you know it has to do this on the, and just understanding how people shop beauty online and then I think that the other biggest lesson I have learned is that um, it really is like a brick by brick thing like 
Ben Bennett actually told me this and he doesn't remember, but I think it was that same summer um, that we chatted where he was like, you gotta reach out to people every single day and just talk to them, Be, you know, like you have to like get in there one by one and work on your relationships. And, you know, in with the brands that I worked at, that wasn't like a part of the founder doing it. And that wasn't always my experience, you know, being on Instagram or, you know, that wasn't ever my work experience. But now every night before I go to bed, I go through and I look through everything that people have, you know, tagged or posted on Make and I like and I comment and make sure that I see it. Um, and then I follow up with those people. I make sure to like take notes and, you know, send them the next product. If someone doesn't like something, I also want to be like, can I send you something else? You know, or just reaching out to people and, and asking to have coffee and just meeting with them. Like, that's a part of my job that really, I think, took me a little while to get to because I'm shy and anxious, <laughs> socially anxious. And I guess I just, like, I just didn't feel like these people would want to hear from me, but now I don't care if you do or don't, I'm going to DM you, you know, I'm going to get in there and I want to like genuinely connect with you and talk about product. And that I think has made a huge impact on just like the relationships that people have with me and with make, like those, those relationships are genuine to me. I actually care about the people I'm DMing because I, just am that person and I obviously am obsessed with make and it's my baby and I want people to be happy and love it and I just that part of my job brings me the most joy and fulfillment like just being able to talk to people through Instagram or seeing honestly like going through TikTok also like I was <laughs> I was sitting getting my hair done a few weeks ago and I was scrolling through a make hashtag and I was like tearing up watching all these people try these products. And I'm just like, that, that, is, that is like everything. And I, any founder I meet, I always tell them brick by brick, DM people, five, 10 people a night, like get in there. At this point, it's kind of what it's gotta be if you're an indie brand. Like those people want the connection because there's so much out there. And you know, I, and then I know I have the product to back it up. so. I'm confident that they will love it. Um, but that that just for me, I think, you know, has been, I don't know if that's a lesson, but um, like a practice. No, I definitely think it is. Because, and I think I love, I was going to mention this, I wanted to mention it before we um, wrapped up, is I love the humanization that you brought to the brand. So I just feel like, you can see it as a consumer. You can see the involvement. You can see the passion. You can, we're smart as consumers. Like the digital landscape now, it's so quick. It's ever changing. And people are consuming content all day long, more than we fucking probably should. You know when someone is genuinely into something. You know when something is authentic. You know, you can feel someone's passion through. You really can. I don't know. I, I love like your involvement into it. I love your reels. I love your getting readies. I love, but you're also, you, it's like, it's so authentic. Like you do it in a way where it's like, you also are the first one to support other brands. And, 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 and that is also beautiful to see as well. You know, it's not just this like spotlight on you. It's like, 
you know there's enough to go around. And that's also super apparent. And people pick up on these things as well. And yeah, I just think you're killing it. I mean, that's 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 all I can say. And yeah. I am Make's biggest fan, you know. <laughs> I love everything. I don't think I've I don't think I've ever I would tell you, like I don't think I've ever tried something that I was like, don't like this. Yeah. Like I, genuinely. The products are so good. I I mean like I know that because I made them, but (laughs) you know, like at this point, I can't use everything every day. So like recently (laughs) I started going back to serum balm, like the OG serum balm. And I'm like, this is so good. This This is is so good. good." Yeah. You know, (laughs) you're like, who makes this? Who made this? Like it just, you know, and there is room for everyone. Like we don't all have one brand in our, you know, in our bathrooms and our makeup bags. Like this is something I'm very adamant about too is within with other brands with um, other female founder beauty brands like I'm like no 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 we all have room like we I want to support your brands even if we have similar products like you know sometimes I need five different mascaras you know and does make is make gonna make five different I don't know maybe but not right now so it's like you know or even like just and I love other products. Like I love, there are things that I love that, you know, aren't make and that's completely normal. And I want to support other people too. And I, I don't want to say that not every beauty founder feels this way, but I have found it really hard to connect with some brand founders because maybe they think I'm a competitor and I'm like, no, no, no. Like as a person, founder to founder, I want to know you. I, what we're doing is like not that owning a brand and making a physical product is just fucking hard. Like being on Instagram is hard. Like when that's a big part of your job, you know, and whether you use my products or not, like, I just want to know you. And I want to know that there are other people out there and we can talk about those things that are hard, not just the easy stuff. Well, you have you have an abundant mindset where you know that there's room for make, there's room for a million other brands. You know that. So that's why for you, it's no big deal. For you, it doesn't even cross your mind to be like, oh, what? Like, why wouldn't we connect? Why wouldn't we like support each other? But not everybody has that mindset, unfortunately. And this yeah. is in everything, right? Like not totally. everybody believes that way. Yeah. So that's what's tough. But but yeah, you're killing it. Thank I love you. make so much. Oh, I, I literally probably post every single day um and I love this so much I didn't even know we were where we were going to go with the conversation like I had like a rough idea in my head but I was like let's just see what happens I feel like we're friends already so I was like let's just see where where we go you know I'm glad we talked about dating because we gotta we gotta talk about it more normalize no I love it I loved this or not yeah and I feel like people are really gonna relate what and I said normalize behavior and also like not some behavior is a hard though. We gotta, we gotta. Some behavior that. we gotta stop giving positive reinforcement to. Absolutely. Oh <laughs> okay, oh, I'll let you so go because I took took more of your time. Thank, thank you so much. I love this you. episode so much. I love thank everything you. you're doing, and I loved spending an hour with you. It flew by. Me too. I know. I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. 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 
guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.